Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Heart to Art. Yes, yes, everyone. This is Isis the Sheriff, and you are listening to the Heart to Art show on Soho Radio. And as promised, I have a very special guest, and I'm really excited to really get into conversation um, with the one and only Shay Lingo. Welcome, Shay. Yo, yo, how are you? How are you? I'm good. Do people call you Shay or Shay Lingo? Uh, I mean. <laughs> If they, I guess people that don't know me call me Shay Lingo. Yeah. And people that know me just call me Shay. But my name derives from my real name anyway. So it's like everyone in my household calls me Shay for sure. And everyone outside calls me Shay for sure. And that was on purpose. So I didn't want it to feel different. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, and what the Lingo part of your name? What made you come uh, up with that? I had, like, I had the nickname from college. Yeah. Um, it means, obviously, the definition of lingo is common talk of the town. So it's like a sentence, like, Shay is the common talk of the town. Oh, okay. That's sick. That is sick. And when did you come up with that name? Just from, was it a natural thing that come from college? Um, yeah, kind of, because it was originally just lingo. And I was like, I don't want to, I, I wanted, it was like, it was them days where I was like, yeah, I definitely want to make music. And mm-hmm. I was already into music from before that anyway. Yeah. And, I didn't want to be called something different when I left my house to when I was in my house. I hear that, yeah. I just kind of put the Shay on the front, so everyone that just calls me Shay, whether it's family or fans or supporters or friends or colleagues or whatever, everyone's just calling me the same thing and I still feel like myself, you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear that, I hear that. Um, I want to start where, obviously, where kind of your digital footprint is, and I'm very sure (laughs) it's before that. So, like, I guess your first digital footprint... um, in the modern world is 2014 um challenging waves so that's um yeah. so and can you tell me about what happened before that or what was the build-up to channeling waves your first single on trip um i came out of youth clubs originally yeah, yeah. like i was i was recording i didn't have money for studio when i was that obviously who does when you're that young mm. it? so most of the time everything i did was community based so mm. i did I, and youth clubs two hour slots having everything patterned down to the ad-libs and mm. how you wanted your songs mixed and whatever the case may be mm. and, and then Channel and the Waves was just a part of that um, we did a lot of runs on SPTV at that time um, mm. God rest his soul Jamal Edwards gave me a lot of time after, after discovering me mm. um, and then yeah from that point it was just kind of consistent work so we did we did uh, Knock My Hustle, which came before Channeling the Waves and then Channeling the Waves. And people were really happy that I was going in more of like a, in more of a heavy, bassy direction. Mm. Uh, and then discovering more about how to use my voice and what depths I can use and what heights I can use and whatever the case may be. Just in cadence and rapping, not even necessarily in anything like more vocal, like singing or anything like that too tough. Mm. So... Yeah, that was that was lovely, and then and then 2018 we did um, the Charisma EP, which had we had uh, better one... versions before that in 2016. That was yeah. an EP, yeah. We had better versions, 
um, that was a four-track EP that I dropped, which was like more future bouncy um, kind of rap, really alternative, like yeah. genu- genuinely alternative. Yeah, it was. Um, of vibes you get, and then that was like a really great experiment that we did, um, and then that was like end of end of 2016. And then 2017, um, I went full-time with music. I was recording the Charisma EP. Then we released that in 2018. I played South by Southwest. That had Same Energy, which a lot of people know. Black Girl Magic, which a lot of people know. Yeah. I, f- I found out what talents I wanted to nurture. Right. I was listening to a lot of, like, um, a lot of uh, West Coast rap at that time. I was listening to a lot of... Um, I was listening to Audio Push at that time. Quite a lot of um, and we did I did a cover of an audio push song that people knew me for back in the day as well um, and then around that time I was listening to a lot of Shaka as well and, a lot of, and Shaka was the first person to like really inspire me to like try vocal like actual vocal exercises and singing and stuff like that because I was like I feel like you know when you hear something and you think right I feel like I can get mm. yeah, maybe not do that because it takes a long time and it like he's an expert but like I was like, let me try that, and that's when I—that's kind of what gave me the confidence to sing a little bit more on songs like Black Girl Magic, very rudimentally. Mm. Like, I, I had no vocal training really, so I was just watching videos on YouTube and whatever, and just piecing it together. And then when I felt confident, we did Black Girl Magic, we did Same Energy, and, and all the other songs that are on um, Charisma. But obviously, Black Girl Magic was um, the big the- one. Yeah, was the one that hit, um, yeah. and obviously timely as well because you know socially. Um, that was a kind of a, a tagline, if, if you like. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, like, what was um, sort of prominent in Charisma was that you you were you talk about domestic violence on Fragile. You kind of touch yeah. on like quite. Sen- you seem to be getting deeper in sort of your content. Um, mm. Yeah, what was your decision in terms of talking about those things and particularly domestic violence? on a track called Fragile and on this EP particularly? I think mainly it was just me um, kind of taking time. I take a lot of time to myself to think about the reasons why I do things or the reasons um, the reasons behind my motivations to do things rather than just, oh, that's just the way it is. Do you know what I mean? So I think Fragile, fragile was important for me because I didn't really have a great relationship with my dad. Not necessarily that it was negative because mm-hmm. I found that my mum had forgiven him so so that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, for the most part, it was more just like I'm understanding these stories, and I know I'm not the only one who's, who comes from a single parent home. So, and I, I write music with the motivation to help people feel seen, like genuinely feel seen, even if it means I have to bare my soul mm-hmm. to get um, evident exhibit A. Do you know what I'm saying? So, um, I think that made it that that kind of thing of like knowing that it's eventually going to reach somebody that's going to make them feel like they're not alone is is what gives me the motivation to do that do you know what i mean yeah so i talk like and then that kind of evolved into more recent times where i, where I, where I wrote dark days with koji and all mm. that kind of stuff. so yeah like it's always a consistent theme in in my thing in in my music where i use it as my form of therapy because i know other people either can't afford therapy don't have time to don't feel like they have time to go to therapy can't carve that out in their lives yet or um are not ready do you know what i mean yeah so like it's it's very important for me to kind of um, look inward when I make music because I don't also know I don't I don't really write like super crazy party tracks you know what I'm saying I can but I just it's yeah. just not not what comes out I mean naturally and I think music is a very instinctual and spiritual thing yeah um, for the most part so I just kind of stick to that to be honest and 
yeah, it's an engine for me to do what I want to do and I would rather do that whilst I'm unpacking stuff. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Absolutely. Or at least even if I can't unpack it. I hear that. And um what is your favourite track on that Charisma EP? Um Damn, that's a hard one. I don't really I don't think I have one. Uh, do you know what? I think it's I think it's I think it might be Black Girl Magic, but I yeah. also it's, it's joint it's joint between Black Girl Magic and Same Energy I think but for different reasons Same Energy is hard yeah thank you yeah. Black Girl Magic because of what it did mm. and and who, and who it helped mm. like I had I had women like saying to me like my daughter listens to this like requests this song in the morning do you know what I mean mm. like and I've had people but then I've had people say like listening to Same Energy and Fragile and Freedom mm. is Scary which starts that project like on a deeper one has like saved my life like I wouldn't be here if it, if if I hadn't heard this song or if I didn't have this song to get me through this time like I live in West Virginia and I used to train as an aviation um, mm. like technician for the army and I went I had like depression and rah 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 so respectfully so it was like the, the music has done more than I guess people would publicly know do you get me and that's what yeah. makes me to keep making music like that yeah of course it's instinctual for me and it's therapy for me but not everybody has music as a way to or not everybody knows what they love to do do you get me like and some people take some people have to retire before they have the bravery or the time to actually find what they love to do because a lot of us live on survival mode so like regardless of what, what background or community you're from so it's very important to me to kind of put that into the music and give people a reason to like think about things inwardly as because I am not because I want them to but because I am do you yeah. know what I mean I hear you. No, 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 keep that same energy. No worries, no worries, bro. Cool, cool, keep that same energy. Didn't want to mess with energy. Hearts to arts. Now, before I move on to your next sort of phase, um, where did you grow up? Like, what was your... I know you said you started making music in the youth club, but obviously I'm from East London and I'm from youth club, like, culture. That's how I made my music. That's made my first song in a, in a youth club studio. And um, But it's very East, so that impacts on sort of sound and your influences so I was very influenced by all the grime crews around me and um, I was on Get Pirate Radio Garage so what about yourself? Um, I mean I grew up in South West London in Wandsworth Okay Wandsworth. yeah oh six so, so solid yeah. guys and Yeah yeah exactly, exactly <laughs> yeah. Families they're actually family to me so Yeah Fun fact, I don't think anyone knows this, but Romeo wanted to manage me at one point. Oh, sick. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. sick. Sick. So there's, yeah, Bondsworth, I know that, boy. Yeah, he's a very, he's a very, very close family friend. Oh, sick. My grandma and his mum are super close as well. Oh, and lovely. My mum actually used to babysit him. Do you get me? So, oh, wow. So it's like, yeah, yeah it's like that. <laughs> that's like, that's family to me. So just watching them, I used to go to like their daughter's parties and stuff. When I was sick. Like, young, you get me? So yeah. just being a watching them mostly Romeo and Julian as brother mm. um, I was mostly around them and like when I could be I was I remember one time here's a fun story I remember yeah. one time um, when they, they had trading cards they had like so solid trading cards mm. and I went to I went to one of their daughter's parties and they signed the trading cards for me and I brought them to school and everybody thought I, thought I faked it and signed them myself <laughs> <laughs> um, was like, yeah, everyone was like laughing at you in the queue and that. you're like no it's yeah, real yeah 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 like, so yeah, essentially I'm from Battersea. Um, oh yeah. 
junction side. Um, and yeah, like mostly it just kind of, I just come out of youth clubs. I came up on Grime originally. Mm. Uh, like people like Chip and So Solid and etc. etc. Obviously, it's more garage, but you get yeah. me? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all, it's all, yeah, it's all part of the lineage. Yeah. Like that bridge between that, like bridge between in the in the early two thousands between garage and Gavin Grime. Grime. I was I was I was I was present for that. You yeah, know what I mean? like, sick. I, originally, and then when I got older and my tastes matured a little bit more, and I started getting into R and B and stuff like that, I found mm. my voice in um, hip hop and rap a lot more. Um, and I used to get homeschooled whilst I was going to school when I was in primary school and early secondary school days as well. Oh, really? So I, my, my grandma would teach me cursive and give me extra English homework to do. So that's where kind of like the whole lingo thing came from. By the time I hit college. Yeah. I, was, I was music and I went college to study graphic design because um I want at that time all it was in my mind was I just want to I just want to make covers for my mixtapes but I can't afford to pay people to make covers for my mixtapes so yeah. I do it myself um so I went college and studied graphic design and I was rapping all through this time like I was going to different youth clubs Vauxhall, Battersea, mm. Junction whatever I was going to all different youth clubs all this time meeting certain artists there and then I started yeah. doing bikes in my early 20s Mm. Um, you get me and then that turned into like okay people are coming to these open mics to see me and then then the open mics elevated and started doing places like Brixton Hootenanny and all these all these kind of very heritage type venues yeah we were smashing those venues me and my peers like Miss Banks and Nadia Rose and Big Tobes we were all doing we were all on the same lineups yeah all from the same class you get me Um, Mm. in that capacity and then yeah now and then 2019 2018 uh, we played South by Southwest. That was like my first US show. Uh, I played how, four shows. How did that um, come about? They just booked, us, just booked us. We dropped. We dropped same energy and um, the Charisma EP, and it did some decent numbers at the time for what was good at the time. And then we had some. We had some really original videos coming out because I was directing them myself. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, and then we. My managers at the time um, just got us some bookings out there, and we played four shows out there. And by that time, the the song had gone so far that it reached others' radio, um, oh. like for radio station on Beats. Wow. So there was like a lot of US kind of traction there as well. Sick. It just made sense for us. And I'd signed I'd signed a publishing deal at that time, gone full time, and paid my rent down for two years, bought a studio for my house, sent my family to Jamaica for a little while, like really tried to set up my my situation in a way where mm. I could like genuinely live as a musician. You get me? And I've just done that ever since. Amazing. Who's Trip then? I know that's the label you put stuff out before your trip is first. My... That's Trip is you. Yeah, Trip is Sick. my label. Trip is oh, my that's label. Dope, man. So you, yeah, you've done a lot, man, for your own yeah. label. That's very sick. Um, uh, by the way, did you end up making a, any of your own cover art? Yeah, I made a lot of my own cover art. I made, I made. Well, put it this way: I made uh, 2019's Circles cover art. Yeah. Uh, on the project that came after Sensitive yeah. uh, sorry it came after Charisma which yeah. was Sensitive yeah you made uh, Sensitive um, cover art did you say or Circles uh, yeah. oh. cover artwork yeah. I made Circles cover artwork I made more recently I made the My Block cover artwork I made the oh Dark that's Days it yeah well, um, I made the Black Ones cover artwork um, yeah so I'm you used much... it so you used it so you used it it weren't yeah, like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it weren't like I did it but I was making music oh. and I didn't <laughs> Yeah, now now I work with another graphic designer who's just like everyone's a professional in their own right at what they do in it, especially if that's your craft. And I, I work with a graphic designer called Temba Eric um, or Overdo online. Yeah. Uh, o V 
M-E-R-D-A-U-X online. Um, and he does, we, me and him work together and now I more creatively direct everything. Yeah. So they on the computer, but he knows I know what I'm talking about and I know he knows Exactly. So there's a respect and there's a knowledge. And so, yeah, you uh, there's nothing going on there that you don't have a say on. But, yeah, um, those early days were very much about like, let me just learn how to do everything. Mm. So it's not, it wasn't a pride or an ego thing. Like, oh, no, it's a necessity. Know. It's a necessity, isn't it? Yeah, it was just like, let me learn what goes into these jobs to some extent so that one, nobody can take take the mick out of me later on when they're nothing, whatever, whatever. Obviously, relative to everyone's time and energy. Mm. And two, I know what I'm talking about when I want things changed because I know, obviously, music and art goes through a lot of revisions when you're trying to release stuff to the public. So yeah. I wanted to. I was in a place where I actually understood, like I learned to write my own press releases. I was doing my own radio plugin. I was finding the writers from online. And well, you're a label. Finding... <laughs> you're a label. One man label. Yeah. yeah. I had my label in 2017 when I went full time on publishing, and then yeah, I released the first two EPs on my own label. Mm. And some of them have been obviously same energy's been synced with um, Top Boy. Yeah. Uh, and then Circles got synced with uh, One of Us Is Lion. Uh, I think just last year. Yeah, dope, super dope, super dope. Now, um, so obviously, considering that you put out your first project in 2014, as mm. far as I see, 2019 is the first time you have like a feature on your um, project, Mick Jenkins, um, yeah. on No Psychic. And so, is it was that a reflection of kind of how you you know you said you were sort of homeschooled and you kind of like to keep in your own space did that kind of reflect sort of the fact that you didn't because obviously you've mentioned Nadia Rose and Miss Banks yeah. and you're on stages together and the natural thing I know like, as an artist you're like oh yeah everyone's like yeah let's do a tune together let's do a tune together yeah. but obviously here there's been like a whole five years and it's the first time on your official projects that you've um uh got Mick Jenkins on so yeah do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah so um I'm very like the type of person I am is like I just work with the tools that are in front of me and I'll never assume anything in it mm. so if I if I felt like there was room at the time I, I don't know why we didn't like but if I felt like there was room at the time I would have done that you know okay I mean? so it wasn't like uh, I don't want to nah nah it wasn't yeah. like I don't want to thing it was just more like like we're not we're just not doing it do you know what I mean everyone's yeah. just excited about what past they're taking and who they're speaking to and sometimes it gets like that so you're just like yeah everyone's just doing their thing and I wasn't really even thinking about it too much because mm-hmm. I was just making music I was just mm-hmm. like I just want to find what I'm good at and find out what I want to nurture on and then by 2018 20, 2016 to 2018 times I pretty much found just like the beginning of what I wanted to nurture so I was just continuing to do that mm-hmm. and then um, 20, 2018 just before we did that song um, mm. I, I got an email from a guy called Man on Days mm. and um, he's one of my closest friends now and um, he execs my uh, my debut album but he also produced and set up the link up between me and Mick Jenkins sick uh, he emailed me whilst I was playing a show in Berlin we did a lot of runs in Berlin back in 2017 and 18 as well I was doing a lot of Europe stuff mm. so hence the tour now so um yeah when he just kind of sent me an email and was like yo i think you're dope i've seen your colors because i've done colors by that time I, yeah I produced very sick people. thank you and then he was like i've just watched i've just seen georgia smith on colors and you came on next and i really want to send you some music i don't really mess with anyone in the uk but i, I mess with you <laughs> and then he but i've got this clear verse from mick jenkins and I'm, I'm speaking to him now and i've sent him your stuff and he loves your stuff 
and we, we, let's let's try and make it happen. Mm. So he obviously we went back and forth on changing some little bits of the verse and whatever, and then we just and then we just put the song together. Yeah, um, it's very. And then he was like, yo, can I have this? Can I have this for my project? And he was like, definitely, because it makes sense for the project. And then um, yeah, it was mixed by a guy called Jack Freeguard, mastered by Jack a guy called Jack Freeguard, who now um, who used to write for Amy Winehouse. And man, on has got like he's just done. He's just like done the um, the, the iPhone 14 music. Um, mm. Biggest over, he's done. He's got like six cuts on Black Eyed Peas' first album. He's great friends with Will I Am, and he's mixing a lot of great stuff, and he's producing a lot of amazing stuff. He's also Oscar nominated now, um, so yeah, he's like a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant friend of mine, amazing musician. Sick. So he reached out. That was how we got that collaboration um, kind of on the books. Yeah, and the fan of Mick from the Waters, like from 2014, actually, like he was a big inspiration as to why I went into went into hip-hop like he was one of the guys i was listening to oh um, and for him to reach out to you you're sick and for him to reach out to you yeah via via manon it was yeah it was like wow like this is like you can't you can't write stuff like that Mm. you know what i mean that's like that's divine you can't write stuff like that so it was it was an interesting way to kind of see the universe and god validate the things that i was doing like yeah by the way you're a fan of this guy here's the here's the feature do you know what i mean like make it happen mm, yeah heart to heart i sacrifice my life for you my psychic bought more time who's saving who it's funny what the mind can do When you're by my side, I'm fine, it's cool. Heart to art. What, um, as well, I found, like, the production on this, it was, like, more subtle, it was less, um, yeah, I guess it was more alternative. I know the the other stuff was alternative, but this felt a bit more, like, alternative soul. Um, yeah. And what was the decision behind that, or was that just a natural thing that happened? Yeah, I think that was me, again, like, back, in, back from 2016 to 18, where I was exploring more singing and like between better versions and and black girl magic mm. you get me mm. I'm, I'm my voice a lot more in that in that period of time mm. and by i'm 2019 i'm i'm doing songs like circles do you know what i mean mm. like i'm set and i'm trying to like trying to like do creative things with my voice more so than just rap and then do like a really low baritone or whatever you get me so mm. it, it was kind of like a it was kind of like i was just naturally moving more into a soulful space and trying to figure out how to songwrite better, do you know mm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that that project was just one of the ways I was exercising that. Cool, sick. And then we move on to you signing with um, your new label. Yeah. On um, your next project for 2020, and the, next, the project is the Worst Generation. Um, how did it um, come about? For those who don't know, Shay signed to um, Idris Elba's label, um, and yeah, like how did that link up come about? Yeah, so um, essentially, end of 2019, um, just before I think we did, we played. I played a UK tour and we did Jazz Cafe. It's the last day in London on September 12th, and we sold that out, and that was great. And then the next day, Top Top Boy was scheduled to drop, mm. so I could announce that I had I just played the tour and it was great time, and I could just announce that I had same energy in Top Boy. Um, but obviously, same energy had been out since the year before, so everyone had access to it, including the head of Seven Wallace's label. Um, Idris Elba's label Seven Wallace her name is Rachel Prager, and she I actually just, know her Baby Blue it, we've actually done tunes yeah, together and exactly. stuff and like yeah exactly exactly yeah. She's, she's, she's an amazing individual man mm. 
Super yeah, she sick. Just, she just hit me on DM. She just hit me on DM. Oh, so, oh, what? So, Rachel hit you up, yeah? Yeah, Rachel hit Come me up. Come on. Alright, yo, I've been listening to your music for a couple of weeks. I think you're amazing. I've heard what you've done with Top Boy and I've, I've listened to your projects before this. Just, just like really diligent, simple, like you're good at what you do and I just want to know what you've got coming next. Um, and then fast forward to about six months later, um, yeah, we'd signed, do you know what I mean? And then I'd sent them in some new music and they'd listened and we had some features and I had some ideas and whatever the case may be. And they're super involved. They're very nice, hands-on type people. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Seven Wallace. Yeah, shout out Seven Wallace. so yeah that happened and then we dropped my block but when we were when we were gearing up to sign and there was a lot of like press and whatever Mm. i wanted to funnel that into something that all of that attention Mm. i wanted to funnel that into something that was a bit that meant a bit more so um because i'd written my block by that time about uh, and julian cole who's a victim of police brutality and it's not parallel got no compensation no no proper justice from from the um from the government or from the police Imagine um, that. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to funnel. I wanted to funnel the attention into that, um, and yes. try and use use that single to raise money for him and his family and support them in some way. Impress, mm. and we managed to get it back into the BBC News after seven years. Um, for those that don't know, um, Julian Cole was a semi-pro football player for Watford FC, and he was a um, sports a sports um, science student um, at Bedfordshire University, and he went to a nightclub. Um, and complained about getting his money back after somebody else had locked off the night. Nothing to do with him or anyone he was with. Mm. And by the time he'd been passed from bouncers to police and police to the van, his neck was broken. Then later on, after the investigations a few months, a few years later, uh, and like me going online and trying to make it go viral, which it did, and then like getting it, trying, trying to help them um, raise money and do things in like 2016. This happened in 20, like 2012, sorry, 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. So by 2016, I'm, I'm going to his uni and helping him raise money and whatever, um, or helping his family and his friends raise money and whatever. And then um, by 2018, it had come out in the news that three of the police officers, three of the six police officers that had held down this very petite, respectfully five foot four, 19 year old boy had lied about their involvement. In, in and how and how it went down directly yeah. lied to protect themselves and all that happened was they got fired from their jobs nobody got a criminal no. conviction there was no there was no compensation for the family and he's paralyzed for life now so mm. it was i wanted to funnel and it wasn't it wasn't like obviously it's been connected to black lives matter and all that kind of stuff and i am a full supporter you get me but it's it's it was like black lives matter songs for 2020 and i was i was headlined next to like kendrick lamar and yg and I walked, you get me? I was out there, I walked. Mm-mm. But that's my friend, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, of course. That's my bridging. So, yeah. and glad it did what it did. We raised we raised a lot of money for him and his family and we sent it to them. GoFundMe directly got in touch with us after they heard about what had happened to him and mm. wanted to mourn his, I think his family by that time, because it was years later, were just, were just very overwhelmed. So they just wanted to have a bit of peace. Um, mm. yeah, yeah, no, I hear that, and and like, big up to you for that because as well, I think it's really important that um, artists out here uh, also highlighting what happens in the UK because I guess that people don't, you know, there's it's, there's a worldwide problem as we know with police brutality, but actually it's not a new thing in the UK, and um, to have it sometimes is not it might not be nice for yourself and. Julian and his family actually having a story from someone we know a, a true story about what goes on in the UK in terms of brutality it's really important so yeah I mean you centering 
you know that within your release was was important and I think you could feel you know within the record it was a lot more socially and politically charged charged um and obviously a lot had been happening socially within the world um but yeah that was your personal it was your friend it's not yeah that something was my, that was my point. like yeah. we, we worked together we were friends he was a supporter of my music like he was a he was a love he is a lovely brother yeah he's yeah live the same life he used to live before so yeah. I wanted to do that and then obviously that was the first single um, to kind of channel that into something something great mm. um, and the family was super grateful and I was super grateful for them for them allowing me to frame the song around that you get me because mm. it can get sensitive in those areas where you're, you're dealing with somebody's yeah. your experience you know what I mean so yeah I yeah. hear that I hear that heart to heart rolling round my block feeling hard streets of Heart to Bobbing for Apples, um, that's a, a really great track. Can you elaborate on sort of the sort of the motivation behind that song and the message? Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to write a song. I, to be fair, that, I didn't even want to write a song like that. It was I'm a rapper at heart. Like I came up on Grime, so anything I do now is an, is an evolution or some kind of appendage to hip hop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Soul or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So every project, I will always have one song. Well, every project up until now, I've always had one song where it's just me letting off. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just you do that. (laughs) Again, the music is therapy for me. So I use that to kind of just get everything off my head that that is affecting me at that time. And if I find that it, it repeats itself in some way, I just find a new way to talk about it or find a new experience to kind of attach it to. And then, I, then I'll uh, process that into some lyrics and, do you get me, make it something that means something to me. Mm. So I can I can come out of every show or come off every every interview or come out of every situation musically and just feel like there's a little bit more that's come off my chest because I want to be a better person for myself and the world, do you get me? Like, mm. I find what I, I want to use that to service other people. So... Mm, yeah my way of doing that sick sick and i really there is that kind of as well ode to sort of your throughout the whole record like to the way you grew up like i feel like hunch is kind of grand vibes in disguise do you know what i mean like it's it's got it's obviously evolved but you you know where you came from you know which is super sick um the work generation as a project like as an as my as my debut album mm. uh, was like was like a, a way to show you what my environment is. You mm. get me, mm. and, and, and what my relationship was with was and is to some extent, still, still to some extent, with my environment. You get mm. me, yeah, yeah. But to dark days, to south, to bobbing for apples, to perfect wounds with Rachel Chinaweri, the worst generation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All of those tracks are very much like to Screwface. All of those tracks are very much like about my environment and the way that my my and my relation my specific relationship with that environment because i think there's a big difference between being a road man and being a street kid i was a street kid i was yeah. outside but i wasn't necessarily doing criminal things yeah, you yeah. get me outside being loud and mischievous and running around and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? yeah it makes There's sense being a kid that grew up in an estate you know what i mean and i think that story doesn't get told as much so and that's my story, so why would I not tell it? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Great. It, got, it, it made up again. It's it's a way to make other people feel seen that grew up like me. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? And why did you name it the worst generation? Um, I think that was more of a play. Um, it was an ode to anime because uh, mm. I'm a big 
anime fan and yeah. there's a there's a pirate crew in, in a very popular anime called one piece mm. um of like i think 12 11 to 12 captains mm. um and they all just kind of live their own live their own way and do things their own way and they're known to the government as like as like the misfits between the previous era and the new age mm. which i think millennials are kind of being seen as right now do you get me like we kind of we're in we're in our in our late twenties, early thirties and we're like mm. figuring out what our real power is. You get me? And like mm. how to control our money and how to buy houses and how to be more than what than what we than what our parents were and mm. and and still but still be able to contribute to what comes next. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've always felt like I live in I live in like a bracket between mm. a lot of because um, we came up in the SoundCloud era where mm starting to come back now but it wasn't really the thing back then and then Spotify came and then all these things kind of changed we came in a very transitional time yeah get so I named it the worst generation based on the ode to the anime mm. um and also to also to kind of open the question because I was seeing a lot of stuff online at that time and again back to that kind of misfit era I was seeing a lot of stuff online at that time about like um the youth and there's an epidemic of this and there's rah-rah of that and it's just like I don't know whether the media is sensationalising it which happens in the anime or I don't know whether it's actually happening to the volume that they're talking about do you know what I mean so but what I do know is there's that the environment is hostile do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying and there's there's and there's a lot of people within that environment that are suffering so are we the worst generation or is everybody just pointing the finger which is why which is why I wrote that which is why I wrote it from the perspective of me and my environment because I know I was never never like a deep road man criminal mm. I, I, I yeah, drilling yeah. whatever but it was an important story to tell do you get mm. what I'm saying yeah heart to heart once you are signed to a label be it an independent label it's still um got a big figurehead you know um at the front of it and i know you got quite a lot of attention and i know you had some sort of dialogue about people thinking you popped up from nowhere and you kind of having to just like talk about that um do you feel like how first my first question is how did the leap feel from going releasing on your own label to now releasing on seven wallace and then how did you deal with people saying oh you've just come out of nowhere where where have you come from knowing that you've made your same way like everyone else through the youth club circuit yeah i mean i've been here long enough for it not to affect me Mm. privately and emotionally within my mind like this is just funny so it was like it was more of a like um a sarcastic thing yeah but like there was a couple like i'd done the bet side for 2019 and viral but like i don't know i don't even know how many yeah like, i remember it, that yeah. and it reached america and it started a whole conversation with the little with the like community in america that it had reached at the time that that watched the bet cypher and some of them couldn't get past the accent and other people were like oh like who is this guy where's he come from like rah 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 he's an industry plant I don't understand mm. someone said I was working for the devil that's why like, <laughs> it was a very very weird time to yeah, get me yeah. so when I like it was for me it was more like imagine doing all this work yeah. just for somebody to say this you know what I mean like imagine trying to live your live your life and live your truth through your music knowing that the kind of music you make isn't necessarily for the clubs or for the whatevers and then you do get a little bit of attention and somebody tries to invalidate it imagine that so you just feel like people were just trying to invalidate it in any way possible because it wasn't yeah I mean I I forgive people quite quickly in that regard I don't know you in it I don't know what experiences or how you live your life or yeah. what you know about music and what you don't know but every in the modern day everyone thinks they're an A&R everyone thinks yeah. they know everything yeah, yeah. yeah I just don't I just don't really take it too personally it was just funny because it's like people say you're not doing anything you're not doing anything great until you get hit you get me and yeah, I was yeah. like 
that's true but this is funny you've been you've been you've been out here basically so do you think it's because you don't do bare features and stuff like that so you can't be associated to any i feel like i can associate you with a movement um Mm. but not a crew do you know what i mean (laughs) Yeah. Like I think of you and I think of the Koji yeah. Radicals, the Nuxes and stuff. But... Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I know them all. Like, yeah. I mean, we're, we're all cool, like we're all peers. Yeah. Like we're you're not skipping down the street together, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we're definitely we're definitely all cool. We all respect each other's art and respect each other's crafts and yeah. you get me out for each other and speak well of each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, collaborate when we can. So yeah, like it's it's a brilliant thing to have like a peer group like that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? and be motivated by people who are being their authentic selves rather than trying to produce something that they're not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I guess I've been a lot more experimental than some of my peers. Yeah. But at the same time, I've everyone's got a unique path in it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So just support each other as we can. I think if it's not, if, if people can't put it in a box of like, okay, you're not making music for the clubs, you're not making it for the roads, and da, 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 okay, you're not part of this crew or that crew, or you're a plant. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, yeah. Me, yeah and, and, and it's an excuse and stuff like that. But I, I see you didn't give it a lot of attention and stuff like that. Um, um, I addressed it. I addressed it once. And then, and then, to be fair, whenever somebody says something negative about me like that online, yeah. more time, if I address it, it will be like to say, yeah, okay, cool, you're not my fan, that's totally fine. But yeah, yeah. You get me, like, it's, and it is what it is. And I, and I do that not because I want to, I want them to get any backlash or anything like that. I do that to show people that you don't have to react a certain way to negative things that get said about you online. Yeah. You don't, yeah. Have, to let, don't have to let that take you out of your bag. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I hear you, like, I hear you onto it positively or at least at least neutrally and and show people that show people show your fans or show your supporters how grace how much grace you can give somebody who doesn't mess with you mm-hmm. do you know what I mean yeah because and mainly because it's just the internet like no one's coming up to me in real life like I hate your music people can right, say right, any yeah. no I haven't heard anyone say that about your music people are just nah. fast you can do anything you could be the best person in the world there'll always be someone in the comments saying something negative do you know what I mean right. not everyone's gonna be your fan not yeah yeah be. yeah yo I always tell my brother